This week we've gone international. That's right, Persuadio interviews, uh, I think, a French-Canadian with almost as many aliases as Persuadio himself. But he is a GTO Plus master, and we are so thankful for the instructional videos that he has produced. Helped us get up to speed on that program. I'm Dean Martin. Persuadio is on his way, and this is the Poker Zoo. Welcome back to the Poker Zoo. Who is this? Thank you for tuning in once again to our humble little podcast. You can find us this and all other episodes at persuadio.nl. Also purchased the domain, thepokerzoo.com, and links back to each of the episodes at the main website. Under each of the episodes, there are places for your comments. We would love to get your feedback. Also, links there to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast aggregator. We'd love a review or rating on iTunes. It would help us get rankings up there a bit. Every time someone asks about the podcast or how to find it, they look at it and say, we have a five-star rating. Yeah, but people still can't find us because we don't have very many reviews. So uh, your help would be greatly appreciated. Also, the Zoo Hotline, 410-775-6224. We are coming up on our one-year anniversary. So if you have anything you would like to say to us or post on the show about uh, the first year of the Poker Zoo, we would love to hear from you. Charles Murray, whom we interviewed back in episode 19, is in Vegas doing research for a new poker book that he's writing and got in a Twitter war this week, which... uh, (laughs) happened to uh, get our podcast episodes posted there once again. Uh, So Charles is never far from a lot of controversy. For such a peaceful, genteel old guy, uh, as nice as guy you'd want to meet in person, he sure does stir up a lot of controversy when he starts writing. But uh, anyway, we wish him well in Vegas. This man has purposely removed spellcheck from all of his electronic devices because he feels that his word spellings are more correct than the common English vernacular. We just know him as Persuadio. Welcome back to the Poker Zoo. Today we are going to travel au nord to speak to uh, Francois. He is uh, known by many other names. Um, in fact, you won't know him Francois, but you've probably spoken to him or learned a little bit about him or saw his many handles over uh, a variety of poker forums. Welcome to the broadcast today, and how are you, Francois? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm good. Uh, life is pretty busy right now for me, so uh, I don't have a lot of free time, but I guess uh, it's a good thing because uh, when you don't, when you have have too much time uh, on your hand uh, at least for me uh, I'm like thinking a lot and sometimes it's just bad so uh, yeah I'm good I'm good and how is the weather I mean I, I'd imagine it'd be pretty frosty up there in Quebec yeah it's uh, it's kind of weird because what what date are we right now this December 2nd and like we, we are still on the um, on the on the grass if you want like we had uh, we had some snow but uh, it's all gone right, right now, and uh, I mean my lawn is uh, is green as if we were like uh, in the summer. So it's kind of weird because it's it's cold. It's very cold. Uh, the humidity is just penetrating uh, bones, but uh, it doesn't feel like we are in, in the winter right now. Now, what do you, what do you do up there for a living? What what is your life like? 
Well, I'm, uh, I studied in um, television post-production and in production, in fact. And um, this, these are the two main branches, if you want, in the TV world. And I choose the, uh, the post-production because I always loved to work with uh, softwares and computers. And um, yeah, I finished my, um, I don't know if I can say degree because it's, it's like a diploma, I think we can say that in English. I, I, I finished it uh, in 2005. And uh, uh, since then, I worked in the uh, post-production world in Montreal, which is the, the biggest uh, city in, in Quebec. And uh, I do a lot of things, um, some video editing. Uh, I do some uh, what we call um, content realization. I'm directing some TV show. Um, I'm just, uh, let me find my words here. Um, I'm assuring that the, the, the TV show have a great content, if you want. And uh, mostly TV, mostly sports uh, TV show. So um, a bit of directing, a bit of video editing. This is uh, mainly what I do uh, in the TV post-production world. Well, that sounds like a pretty good life. Why the hell do you play poker? Well, uh, that's, a good, that's a good question. I think I... I always, um, I have been always intrigued by this game um, since the first day I, I was in contact with it. And I really, I didn't get into it really uh, before, like a couple of years ago, uh, mainly when I uh, started to, um, when I subbed to Redshift Poker and I started to post over there. Uh, then I was really into it. I was really into uh, reading about it, uh, reading about watching some content strategy videos and stuff like that. And, um, well, you know, I'm getting older, right? I, I played a lot of sports when I was younger. And since I'm a bit less active, if you want, in terms of sports, I had to uh, choose another thing. And since I'm a very competitive guy, I think the po poker just, just fit into that, I think. So uh, that's why that's why I'm playing poker. All right. You described yourself as... You have a temper. You're like you've got Absolutely. A, like, an Italian French background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some some Irish blood into it because we all have Irish blood, That's what it obviously. Was. <laughs> but you know, I, I, over time, I found that the the, the competitiveness in me uh, is obviously a two-edged sword, especially in poker. And I had to temper one of the edges because um, it's a good thing when, like, you lose. And since you're competitive, you just want to get better and you study harder and you, that's the, the good part, you know, but uh, I found out pretty, pretty hard uh, that uh, the other, so the other edges is bad because when you run bad and you have big expectations, which are kind of a bit faulty, if you want in poker, uh, you can just start to play very badly to spew a lot. And I experienced that over time for sure. But now I'm since I would say a year, uh, I'm really better at it, but it's a work in progress. I mean, you, you can't, um, I, I mean, it's, it's how I, I made if you want. So, uh, it's always, it's always there somewhere ready to, uh, to spring out the bush or Fair enough. Everyone experiences that. Uh, but you sort of mentioned working on the game. You like the competition. Speak to me a little bit about the time that you've put in. And I, I ask that deliberately of you because 
as we're going to get into, you're uh, a master user of several of the solvers. You've really put a lot of effort into your game. You know, what, what, what drives you to do that? Where is it, where is it all going for you? Well, um, there is a lot of things, in fact, because uh, first, um, I love to play with softwares. I love to learn them. And this is mainly why I, like I said earlier, I choose the post-production uh, branch, if you want. And the thing with, with solvers is, and you, you probably experienced it, and a lot of users, whether they are new or uh, long, long-time um, user, um, if you are not organized enough, uh, you're going to spend a lot of time playing with it. And at the end of the day, maybe you'll find that it wasn't like worth it, if you want, or you learn something, but you would have been better to study other things. So to get back to your question, um, for my game in particular, I, I think it helped me to just conceptualize things uh, that I, w- I was reading about or um, watching videos of, of, of coaches, for example. And after that, I, I went into the solver, um, built some scenarios and just just uh, checked if uh, what what the guy was saying was true in fact and I think this is the this is where I learned the most but for the other part of my my time with the solver I think I uh, I spent a lot of time and I, I I wasted I think a bit of time also but well you know it's it's the process I, I guess is not everything is uh, is lost in fact so yeah, I think the, the main thing I would say is that when you start to play with these softwares, just uh, have a plan. And I'm not a big plan guy, so uh, it's easy for me to lost myself into those software. But just just have a, a clear plan of what you want to do and, and do it, in fact. Now I'm going to get back to what I was saying about you. You've actually helped a lot of people work with the solver. And that connects to one of your many names. You're known as DLF on, I believe, YouTube. Is that right? Uh, no, I'm, I'm De La Fontaine is on TBR. Uh, on my channel, it's, uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. On my channel, is it's uh, ODB Black Baron. And uh, yeah, that's the two most uh, known, I guess, if I can say that. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say you have made instructional videos. Yeah. Uh, for, for GTO Plus as well, you know, and, and beyond just basic use, right? You're showing people how to create databases and use that for textual analysis. Yeah, the thing is that when first I bought uh, PO um, two years ago, I think, or maybe it's three years ago, and um, it was, it's not really cheap. And when GTO Plus came out, it was like, I think it's still 75 bucks. So uh, it was very affordable and mainly the software was almost doing um, everything that PO was doing. And plus you have the database database thing, which the basic version of PO didn't have at, the, uh, at that time. And I think it still doesn't have that uh, function. And I was very excited and I started to play with it. And then I just realized that there wasn't really um, tutorials for the, the software. And, and they are kind of, they're they not like complicated a lot, but they still you still need to know where the things are and how to do things. And this, that's what drives, drives me at the time to just uh, do some videos and, and post them because I thought that uh, the, the creator of GTO Plus was doing an awful job of, of doing videos for that. So 
uh, this is, and I, I guess it's, it's a part of me. Like I like to teach what I know uh, to others, and it's probably uh, coming from uh, my parents, who, uh, who were teachers. So um, just it just in me, I, I just like to show uh, show things and explain things when I, I know about something. So this is mainly why I did that. And I think at the end of the day, it it had a pretty good response because. To this day, I think that there isn't many content about GTO Plus on the web in terms of tutorials. So, and a lot of people are coming and, and telling me, oh yeah, you were the guy that did that, uh, that video series. And uh, oh yeah, you're a legend, man. And, and I was like, a legend? No, not really, but it's because <laughs> nobody else, yeah, nobody else did the, the tutorials for the software. So I guess uh, that's why I, I'm known for that. Right, and, and the creator of the software himself point points to you in one of the threads. Of, I yeah, don't really yeah. want to do this. <laughs> Go look at this yeah, uh, but, guy's work. Yeah, so like I said, the thing that he was showing was so, to, to me, it was like almost useless. So I, I found that very irritating because, I mean, you have to at least do a basic, tutorials to show show things uh, how to to build ranges and stuff so uh, it was just assumed that the 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 people who were buying the software knew how to use it and i was like a bit irritating by that so yeah i did that series i i am very happy that it helps uh, some some people's over there so uh, i think uh, i i'm in my job if you want for sure and i'll link uh that in the show notes. I mean, certainly I'd be helpless without some of your work and uh, being able to answer questions for me. But you don't just stream, um, or at least you haven't just streamed, you haven't done it lately, but you also uh, went for some uh, Twitch-type streaming, right? Like on YouTube? Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell me about that. Well, the thing is, uh, I joined uh, Run It Once Poker, the the, the software. Um, I joined the streaming team, and it's not a big thing because uh, obviously everybody can join the streaming team over there because it's it's kind of a win-win situation. If you want, you you stream while you're playing on Run It Once Poker, and it gives you a bit more rate back, and this is part of the deal. But you have to to uh, do um, you have a threshold to um, I mean, an, an hour's target if you want by month. Um, so it's it's not like you just stream four hours and you get some rate back. You you have to uh, to attain a, a target. And, and uh, at first, I was um, it was kind of uh, fun to do, but it was I mean it was a, a lot of hours in fact to, uh, to to have that deal the rate back deal. So I think I did like one or two months. And after that, uh, life life just uh, caught up, and uh, I didn't have time anymore to do it. And uh, to be honest, uh, since it was time consuming, uh, the last month I did it, but I wasn't having a lot of fun doing it. So uh, yeah, that that's my experience with the streaming. But um, I'm I'm very glad that I did it because. Uh, uh, well, it's an experience, and uh, I, I guess life is about it, right? We need to to test some things and uh, and learn about it, learn learn from it, in fact. 
So this was my uh, experience with uh, with the streaming. And I don't, maybe in the near future, I'll, uh, maybe I'll test it again. Um, I think that Run It Once Poker is not doing really well right now in terms of traffic. So that was another thing. It was tough to stream and have some, some tables running. And uh, sometimes I wanted to stream. I was ready at time, but there was like no, no tables running really. So uh, this was the, the hard part uh, with the streaming. So if in the, if in the near future they have more traffics, I will I will do it probably. For sure. I mean, I want to ask you two things just to go a little deeper on that. The fun of streaming has to in part be audience participation, and I'm yeah. wondering if you got enough of that. And two, well, how was playing on Run It Once? Because from what I understand, reading in some threads and and hearing behind the scenes, it's kind of not quite lived up to its its expectations. Could you could you comment on these two aspects of, of what you yes. did? Well, um, that's the thing. If you want to stream and if you want to have a solid channel, if you want, uh, you need some preparation. Um, and this is the thing I was probably missing. Um, and like I said, uh, I didn't add a lot of time. And um, because there's a lot of players and that, that are streaming right now and, and you click on a stream, you click on, on, on another stream and they're kind of the same if you want. And like you said, uh, you need to do extra things to, to separate yourself from the pack and this needs preparation. So uh, I think I didn't have the time to do that. But uh, in the near future, like I said, if I stream again, I will uh, try to involve the people um, involve the people with the, with the, the channel. I mean, the, the people that are succeeding, I think, as either a very good subject, and they are like they know what they are talking about, and there there isn't a lot of people that are treating this subject, or they do like things that no other no others want to do, and that's what attracts people to watch the stream. So, um, and I think in poker it's tough to do something very very different. Honestly, and, and I, I mean, first the players and the peoples are coming to see you play, see how you play, see your strategy, why you do things. So this is the base, and I mean, everybody are doing this. So after that, uh, and you have to play also, and you have to play good, because if you suck, I mean, sorry for the word, but peoples won't, won't watch you anymore. So it's kind of a weird experience. If you want, it's a tough thing to do, I think, in reality. And I wasn't really prepared for that when I started streaming. I wasn't solid enough anyway to, to stream. So, uh, so yeah, this is this is my experience. And um, and to to answer your other questions about the Run It Once Poker, the software in itself, it's I think they put a lot of effort in it for sure. Uh, it's just mechanically it's a fun experience the software is smooth for sure at least for me i know that people's some people's had um, a bad experience with it but i think that uh i'm a guy who knows a bit about pcs and computers and i don't want to enter into technical details so i just stay with the, uh, what i was saying so yeah the software is for me at least it was a smooth experience they do a lot of promotion I mean, they are like pushing promotion after promotion. They want to attract people. And in that sense, they are doing a really great job for sure. The, um, they had a, a features 
a feature called Splash the Pot, which is, in fact, they are giving back 50% of the rake that is collected. They are, they are giving it back to the players on the table. So sometimes you play a hand and whoops, 20 big blinds are added to the pot, pot 50 big blinds are added to the pot. And uh, recently they changed it a bit, which I think it's even better because the thing was that when you add something like uh, 100 big blind pots or 1000 big blind pots, because they, they happened, uh, you just have to go all in. I mean, no matter the hand you have, you, you just go all in. And the players, the players were complaining about this because, uh, yeah, you don't want to go all in with 7-2 offsuit, but you had to do it in terms of odds and, and, and pot odds and stuff. So they were losing money, and so they, they were complaining. So what they did now when there is a splash to put like this, uh, you can go all in and you don't, uh, you, you don't have to put the money, your money into the pot. So it's like a free 1,000 big blind pot, for example, and everybody's involved in it and made the best way, the best end win. So this is kind of cool. They, they do a lot of other stuff, like the streaming team is a good, is a good thing. Uh, everybody can join the streaming team, and if the team, I mean, and if you, you stream enough, uh, you meet uh, the thresholds of hours and stuff, you, you get more rake back. Uh, now they have um, a fidelity program. They installed this in the last week or two. Uh, they, I mean, they, they try hard and it's sad because uh, I think they have good intentions. They listen to the player pools. If you go to their Discord chat, for example, and you, you go to the feedback and su suggestions uh, channel, they listen to you, they answer you, which the other uh, room don't do, in fact. And I mean, I play on PokerStars. It's really hard to have a contact with the support. And I, I had a thing with them uh, lately, and it was like, I'm, I'm just a number. Over there at Run It Once, they, they really care because they're building the the base, the player base. So, but at the end of the of the day, you want to play and you want to you want to have uh, a traffic, and that's the tough thing for them right now. And I think they messed up quite some things at the beginning, and they lost a lot of guys because of that. And now they they are paying for that. So it's a it's 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 a weird. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but um, I I really hope. They, they, they attract more players over there because at the end of the day, uh, they're doing a good job, I think. And they, they, they are trying to, to, to make this thing right. And they are trying to make a place to play poker online, which is safe and enjoyable. But I wish them luck, for sure. Yeah, indeed. Now, let's say the experience gets better and the pool grows. Our, our, our passion for the game wanes maybe a little bit sometimes maybe it comes and goes maybe it wanes and sometimes you've asked me is all there is it all there is to poker that you know a worse hand calls or a better hand folds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah strategically is poker really keeping your attention as you get older yes yes because it's a it's a complex game and you, you heard that many times, like there's a noting, uh, I, I don't know if I will get it right, but it says something like, uh, it's an easy game to learn, but a very tough game to master. And that, that's true, that's simple, but very true. I mean, I'm, since I joined, I don't want to, 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 to get into that subject yet, because I thought, I think you, you, 
you wanted me to talk about it, but since I joined the, uh, the, the poker academy, the Adam Jones uh, Poker Academy, I learned uh, a lot of things. And I, I learned also, I mean, I, I see the game differently. differently. And I mean, you, I think you, you evolve, uh, you, all, you are always evolving uh, with poker in terms of uh, how, you, how you are as a player. And um, I just realized that when I, I joined the academy. So in that sense, that's what keep me in the game. That's because I know that in a couple months I will under, I will see a certain aspect of the game differently. I will learn a new thing, and um, I think this is the main this is the main reason why I, I'm still playing poker. It's a it's a fun game at, at the core. It's a fun game. Um, it's thrilling, and um, but it's a complex game, and and it's a very interesting game. There's so many aspects involve i mean mathematics money peoples uh it's it's very it's a very very interesting game and i don't see myself like stop playing poker f uh, f for the rest like uh, someday i will just stop playing it i, I will maybe take some breaks because i i have a, a, a big family and i know that at some point i will have to, to to like maybe take a break but i will always come back for sure uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's such a, uh, a fun game to play. And I mean, if you learn every time you play, you learn some things here and there, why not? Why, why stop playing? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what you think about this. <laughs> well, I'll guide you down one path of it that I want to hear from you because if learning keeps you involved, you have been active in trying to learn, you have experienced will lead up to the academy, but I want you to tell me a little bit about your experiences with any coaches, any training sites, what were the good points, what were the bad points? What was your path that got you to the point where you joined the academy? Well, since it's a complex game and there is a lot of things to learn, um, I think at first you, you just uh, kind of learn the basic stuff and there's still a lot of basic stuff to learn. And then you play and you try it and you, you fail. And then you, you learn a bit more. You ask some people, you join some chat and you try again. And at some point you are confident enough to try some strategies to, to, to uh, like buying a software, a solver, test some things, then go to the tables, test that thing. And uh, this is mainly my path, I guess, when I started to to play poker, I joined, uh, I mean, when I started really to play online, I, uh, I joined Richa, like I think it's, it was in 2015, I guess, or 16, around that, that time. And um, yeah, so you, you learn about it, you chat, and you, you, you try it, but at the end of the day, I think that you, you really need to speak to people who have had success in the game and they can point you out uh, really specific things and uh, then you, you just see the game in a whole different uh, way if you want and this is what happened with the uh, the academy if you want because you know me for a couple of years now and and you know that I tried a lot of things we, we, we discussed about a lot of stuff um, and 
when I joined the academy, in fact, what happened is that they just showed me a, a, a map, if you want. And they, they told me that um, in that spot, if you do this, although the profit is small, you will make a profit. Although it feels like you're always called by better, it's normal because you will always, you're not a favorite when you're called, but at, on the long run, you'll make a profit. And this is the play to do. So, and they show you some, some stats, some, some uh, with, with database and stuff. And, and then you realize, oh, all that time I was folding or oh, all that time I wasn't betting there because it felt wrong to do this. And this is the thing with poker. It's tough to, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, our brains not, is not really wired for, for that game. In fact, I think, uh, because sometimes you have to do a play and it, it feels so bad to do it. But in reality, this is a play to do. And if you fail to do it, you won't succeed in the long run. And this is really, this is what the Academy showed me. And at first when I, I joined and I started to grind with the strategy, um, I was like, I was feeling spew weak a lot and I was feeling like very weak and it just caught up with my temper. And like, like we discussed earlier and I was like, this is bad. This isn't, this, this don't work. Um, it, it, it can be the way to play. And, and finally now a couple of months in, uh, I just realized that, yeah, of course, at, at first was feeling uh, like a lame strategy, but I, I see now, uh why it's the play to do so it, it's yeah uh, i mean um poker is like like we said it's a very complex game and and sometimes you, you do the right thing and, and you, you you just you're losing and it's part of the game and recently i just want to do a, a brief uh, a brief thing about this recently i just bought a a, a book about the mental game uh, it's, it's a book made by um peter clark which is known as care authors i think he wrote the grinders manual and he says at some point uh, he compares life and poker like life uh, poker is an alien world and we, we live in our world and poker is, is the alien world that uh, world and um he says like it, it's a good example of, of of what i was talking about i think he says like if you go to an appointment and you're on the corner and the car passes by and it's, it splashes you it's just bad luck and at first, you're just frustrate, frustrated. You, you curse at the guy, you go home, change, and go to your appointment. And at the end of the day, you, 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 it, it won't mess, mess up all your day. But if it happens like 10 times in that day, of course, you're going to be pissed. Of course, at the end of the day, you're going to be, be very pissed. And this is going to be the worst day of your life. This is a normal thing. This is normal to react like that in real life. But it, in poker, it's just normal. You will lose like five or six flip in a row. You will lose with uh, pocket aces uh, three times in a row. But we are geared to be very frustrated at, at that point because like, it's like if we were splashed 10 times in a single day. So this is why I think this is the, this is the big part for me. This is the big thing for me with poker. It's, it's really a, it's a, it's a tough game. And, and I think we, we're not really wired for it, for it. In fact, we need to work on the mental Absolutely. aspect a lot. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, just to back up though, I want to make sure the listener understands what you're talking about. 
Can you describe what this academy is? And can you talk a little bit about the culture and your experience with the other players in it? Yeah. That's interesting too. Yeah, of course. Well, um, it's an academy uh, hosted by Adam Jones, which is a coach or at least a content provider on Richard Poker. So probably many of the um, TBR members will will know it. And um, the thing is that you have a contract. You have to, um, to grind like at least 30,000 hands online by month. Uh, of course, Sometimes uh, if you have some, some things to do in that month, very important things and stuff, and you don't think you can make the, the threshold, you, you can always arrange um, uh, arrange it with, uh, with Adam Jones. And he's very open with, with this. And the contract is that uh, he's providing coaching. Uh, he's providing database review. You have to grind the, the threshold of 30,000 um, 30, ends. It gives you 100 points. And every time you have 100 points, you can book a one-on-one session with uh, Adam. So oh, this is the, the interesting and important part because when everybody is meeting the threshold of 30,000 um, K, 30,000 hands, you can have uh, like a one-on-one session every day. So, and, and you, you don't have uh, to, to grind more hands because you just do your part and the other guy will do this, his part. And at the end of the day, you can have like five sessions in a week. And this is where we, we learn a lot uh, because uh, we can tackle more and more, more subject. And we need to, we need to grind $20,000. And this implies that obviously we start the, the, the minimum uh, the, the, the minimum limit is NL25 online, no matter the sites. Obviously, it has to be a site that is tracked. But uh, and Adam Jones installed a very aggressive bankroll management, so we're supposed to move up kind of quickly, if you want, if everything goes well, obviously. Because, I, I mean, if, you, if I say to you, like, I'm, I'm going to make $20,000 at NL25, it gonna, it's going to, if I, I'm crushing the game, it's going to take me at least maybe a year or I don't know, a year and a half, maybe, or maybe a lot more, in fact. So obviously we need to, um, to move up stakes quickly. And once we are done with it, once we have uh, made 20,000, uh, we are free if you want. We can quit anytime we want, but the contract is this. So, um, and every month, if we have a profit, we split it 50-50 with, uh, with the coach, in fact, until we meet the, uh, the, the part of our contract. And um, yeah, so and he's providing all the coaching, he's providing all the tools, uh, he's providing uh, his uh, Death Star HUD uh, with the hand-to-note software, uh, all, all his uh, coaching content. If you want to, if you want something that he did in the past or recently, he will give you, give it to you free. So he, he, he provided a lot of stuff. And the only thing I could, um, I mean, I know the, the guy is very uh, busy probably, but at first when I joined, I thought that we would be more, um, we would at least have contact with him every day, which is not the case. But now, well, I can understand why. I mean, the guy has a life also, uh, and uh, uh, he's probably coaching uh, other players also and 
doing some content and stuff. So I can understand, but well, well, then that's, that's my, my experience so far. And, uh, okay, and just to clarify, just to clarify yeah. a few things. Yeah. You, the, his payment is half of your profits. Is that right? Yes. You don't pay him anything else. No, no. And okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, sorry. When you join the Academy, uh, you have to make a, um, a deposit. Now I'm not, I'm not sure about what I'm going to say because I, I didn't uh, read the, about the, the deposit. In fact, because on, on other sites, on, on other coaching for profit sites, uh, at the end, when you meet all the, uh, the target, they give you back your, your deposit that you made uh, at the start. Now I'm not sure about, uh, about this one with, with Adam. I don't know. I don't remember, in fact, if at the end, if we meet all the, the, the target, if he will give us back the deposit. But it's a $500 uh, deposit at first that you have to make. So see, see it like it, it is. I mean, yes, he's giving some, some stuff, but in a sense, you, you kind of pay for it, if you want, with the deposit. But at the end of the day, if you give it back to you, well, it's kind of... It, it's a win-win if you want, because obviously uh, you need the softwares and, and the content to, to work with uh, the other guy in the, in the academy. So, so besides, okay. and, and from yeah. what I understood, just sorry to interrupt, but I, it's important to understand. It's not that you get coaching every time you hit some target. It's when the group hits a target. No, it's it, okay. To, to be clear about it, every hand give you a, a percentage of a point, every hand you play. When I reach the, the 30,000 hands, I have 100 points. Mm -hmm. And when I have 100 points, I can book a one-on-one -on -one session with him. And it's only me. If the other guy grind is 30,000, he book his one-on-one -on -one session. And if another guy and another, and another other guy do the 30,000 hands, they book the one-on-one. -on -one. But we can attend every one-on-one -on -one okay. session. So, um, okay. yeah. So, so you're not your your coaching and your results aren't dependent on how the other players do. No, absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. But we have incentives to meet the threshold by month because the more we and and let's say for example that in in the this in December I will grind sixty thousand uh, hands online. I will have two hundred points. Then I will be able to book two one-on-one -on -one sessions. So. The, the more you grind, the more you can book sessions, and the more you book sessions, um, every other players uh, can attend your sessions. So th that's good for them. But when they grind a lot, also that's good for you, because the more points we we, we rake in, the more sessions we will have. So this is how it works, in fact. Okay, so there's a group session too. Well, there's some theory sessions. We and, and, and these sessions we don't need to to uh, it doesn't cost anything in terms of points. Uh, so everybody attend the session, and and this is just a big theory session. We can ask questions. Everybody can ask questions. In fact, but the one-on-one -on -one sessions, uh, we, we when it's not your session, you can't ask questions. It's, it's just that you can watch the sessions. Ah, uh, okay. You can't ask. It's like a private session, but you, you can watch it. Nice. And, and what is that like watching other people being taught? 
that's cool because um, you see how they, they, they see the game. Uh, you see how they think about it. And that's very relevant because uh, when, when you're in a session and, and we're looking at the spot, for example, and you think about it and you have your idea about the spot and you see that three or four guys think the same and they don't think like you think. Now you say, okay, maybe I get all this wrong. Maybe, maybe I was getting all this wrong all that time. So after that, you just ask those guys, why, why, why you think that spot, why you think that way and stuff like that. So in terms of learning, it's, it's really cool because uh, everybody is there to, to learn the game, to, to be better. And, uh, um, and yeah, so you see the perspectives of others. And I think it's a great way to improve uh, quickly, in fact. Now, who are these other players? You're a father. Um, you know, you have a, a good middle-class life. Is that everyone who's in the Coaching for, for Profits program? Oh, who's out there doing this? That's, that's the fun part because there's a guy, let's say, for example, uh, there, there is this guy, which is a, a policeman. Uh, in some eastern country over there. Um, there's another guy which is a, a, an architect. And he has a daughter. And uh, that. And there's obviously the young guys, uh, eastern uh, European guys that want to make a living with poker online. It's, it's a really broad, wide group of guys. And this is what makes it really interesting because it's, it's not... You can talk about... Uh, um, other things than just poker within the, the discord chat with those guys. And, and like, there's a guy, a, a guy from UK that just moved in, in Thailand and he wants to, to live there, but to, to like, it's the classic thing, like living Thailand and playing online poker. But there's like a very broad mix, a, a very, uh, it's cool for sure. But you see that those young guys, those, uh, Eastern European guy are just about grinding and they are just about, they, they don't want to talk about other things. They don't, they don't care. In fact, they just want to <laughs> win at this game and they just want to grind. And, and it's, it's, it's funny because at first we were like 15 and um, the first month was like free. We didn't have to meet any a target in terms of hands and stuff. So there, there were those, guys those uh european eastern european guys that weren't grinding and we have a, like a board where we can see our results and how we are doing and obviously those guys were at zero and as soon as they join the program in terms of in terms of grinding they, they we just saw them climb the steps and they're really really dedicated for sure but yeah i can we can expect that in fact certainly now You've given a you've 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 come around to seeing it Adam Jones's way, and that's good. Sounds like he, you're satisfied with him. But uh, why did you choose him? Why not Nick Howard or or some other coaching for profits program? Um, I think that I I booked a session with him, um, a private coaching session with him just to, to test the water with him, just to see how he was doing. Because I had booked a session with a guy called uh, Francesco Lacriola and Porter, which is a very well-known TBR member. I had booked some session with him and um, he, he, I asked him, he said, yeah, it was cool. I discussed theory with him. He's very into the GTO thing. And so I booked a session with him. 
it wasn't cheap, to be honest. And, um, well, it was like, uh, record your play and I will, I will look at your play and I will say to you, like, don't do this, don't do that. And it's not really helpful, to be honest. This, this is not, I don't think this is a, a good approach, in fact. And it wasn't cheap. So I decided to try with uh, Adam Jones. And after the first session I had with him, he just uh, told me that he was opening this thing, this academy and stuff. And I was planning on booking other sessions with him. So I, I, I asked him, um, what's the difference? I mean, if I, I'm part of this or not, if I, I continue with, with you, but with private session. And he said, like, the main difference will be that I will mostly provide you with the same content, but if you join the academy, you'll be able to talk with other players and, and you'll be able to see their one-on-one -on -one session, their private session with me. So I just wanted to, to try it to the experience, the process, just to see how it goes, because you, you, you hear about those coaching for profit programs. And I just wanted to see how it works. And why Adam Jones, I think is, it's just cir circumstantial because uh, if I had booked, for example, with Nick Howard, a one-on-one -on -one session, maybe I would have uh, go with him, with this program. And, and there's a guy that was part of the Adam Jones Academy that now has joined the, the Nick Howard's uh, coaching for profit because he wasn't happy with what we were doing over there. But I think uh, it's pretty much the same that we'll get over there with, uh, with Nick Howard's, I think. Less vocabulary. Okay, let's kind of use this as the perfect transition and see, look at a hand that you played and maybe you can tell us, since you know, obviously you can't give away a lot of strategy nor could you over the course of a short conversation, but maybe tell us how your concepts from the academy influenced the hands perhaps? Yeah. Let's take the, uh, I think I, well, I don't know if it's, will. It, let me look at the hand I had. Um, you gave me two hands. I, uh, we can start with the latest one. It's freshest on your mind. Yeah, yeah. Could you walk us through, could you set us up, set up the yeah. listener with the stacks and the details yeah. and walk it's, us through the hand, then we'll talk about it afterwards. All right. So it's uh 25 NL uh, Zoom poker and played on poker stars. Um, Hero uh, is in the small blind with pocket queens. Uh, middle position raised to 2.24 big blind. Uh, Hero raised to nine. And everybody falls except uh, middle position, the, the initial raiser, which any calls. So the flop comes uh, 10 of hearts, six of diamond, seven of club. And um, I should be probably c-betting this flop if I'm following the, the academy strategy. Uh, I posted this end on the forum and uh, Jones told me that he don't understand why I didn't uh, c-bet the flop there. And the main reason why I didn't c-bet the flop there, I think, is that first we are deep. I, uh, I have like uh, two, two, 256 big blind, I think, and Dylan covers me. Um, and I don't have many pocket sixes. In fact, I don't have pocket six and pocket seven into my true betting range from this small blind in that spot. So basically, I think that uh, Villain has all the sets there, at least at some frequency with pocket six and pocket sevens, definitely probably with pocket tens. And also he has nine, eight suited 
which I don't. And we are deep. So I was out of position with a good end. Pocket Queens uh, obviously is a, is a good end there. But since I felt that I didn't have the nuts advantage, I felt like keeping the, the pot not too big, but still I was uh, prepared to, to call um, a, a triple float, for example, if the run out is good. So I check and in middle position bet there, like really, really small. So I think I could have, I don't know. I don't know if the raise is good there because the bet is, is very small. You bet like 5.44 big blind into 19 big blind. So it's a quarter, quarter, uh, but size bet. Sure. We'll, we'll talk about it. Just, just take us through the yeah, action. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, I call, uh, then the turn came the queen of uh, club and I hold queen of art, queen of diamond. So now I think uh, I'm, I'm ahead, obviously, uh, versus all his sets, which is good. And I'm trying to get value from it. So I don't want to dunk. Uh, I don't want to dunk there. I just want to let him follow through and raise him and get value from his sets. So this is what happened. I checked. He bet 21 big blind into 29, almost 30 big blind. And I raised him 3x and he called. And then um, at that point, I think that if he had 9-8 suited, for example, uh, I think he just three bets me on the turn because I could hold something like um, Ace King, Ace Jack, which will make a better straights if the good card fall on the river. So I think at this point he would just raise me with the nuts. When he called, uh, I felt pretty confident. But the thing is that we are on the river, the tree fall. So now he has, I think he has some five, four suited. That's at a very small percentage, but he has some, I don't. So he can make the straight but in the meantime, he would have called probably with uh, with four five on the turn suited, like in club, for example. And since I, I we were deep, I had uh, 181 big blind left. The putt is 151. Uh, I decided to bet half putt there. But I think this is a mistake. I should have probably shoved there, I think. I don't know what mm. you think about this. So I bet half putt, he calls. Okay, well, good. Looks like you're going to be good in this hand, most likely, but we won't assume anything. Maybe you get a nitty call from 5-4, I don't know. Uh, but I want to zero in on that flop, Yeah, 10-6-7, uh, because your reasoning seems very sound to me, but the strategy that you've been learning under the academy is to make a thin value bet. And that seems like a very telling moment of the strategy, is, is that part of what you're learning to, to get the maximum value, to deny equity, and to simplify your decision-making? What goes into that? Yeah, I, well, I think you, you resumed it pretty well. Uh, it's, it's, it's exploitative poker at, at its max, if you want. Uh, so, so playing with, with solvers and, and reading about GTO play and stuff, you, you learn that on straight possible boards, the solver will just reduce his frequency of betting. And uh, this is a board, obviously, where there is a straight. And um, But in the strategy, we tend to, in the academy strategy, we tend to uh, don't take that into account, if you want. And because mainly, I th think it's based on the fact that at our stakes, when player, player raise, for example, or they, they, they don't bluff enough. And this is shown with uh, uh, 
and to know the database we are using. Uh, so we're kind of, we want to bet there because, uh, because in fact, we just want to deny equity from over cards like Ace and, uh, and Kings, for example. So that, that will call on that board, King Jack, Ace Jack, uh, hands like this. So yeah, if, you, you resumed it pretty well, in fact. Like, we're going to see that a lot. Uh, out of position, much less, obviously, but, uh, and, and we are very merged, in fact. On the turn, uh, we are, when there is some draws possible and they don't, they don't hit on the turn, we're going to bet merge a lot uh, to prevent uh, those hands to get there on the river, or at least get a thin value bet on the turn. Um, yeah, okay, so. so that's explainable. Um, so mm -hmm. when you're making these, you know, sort of merged plays on boards that don't favor you, are you betting smaller or larger? We're betting smaller. Let's okay. say, for example, that uh, let's say let's say the board is ten six. Uh, no, let's say it's ten seven four. Let's say it's ten seven four. Uh, mm -hmm. So on ten seven four, I would I would probably see that. And if villain calls and the um, the turn brings a jack or it brings a six, for example, which completes a straight, it could be possible that villain obviously don't don't always have the straight there. He could have uh, other hands, obviously. I would probably still bet uh, there, but smaller. And um, and when the straight completes and we feel that uh, in terms of ranges, we can still extract some thin value, we will bet, but smaller. And, and when the, the straights don't fill in, for example, obviously we'll bet a bit larger to make uh, the drawing range uh, call, in fact. And you don't expect, because this does sound like a player pool strategy, you don't expect them to now raise you. Well, in f well yeah. So this is the thing. Out of position, it's it's more tough, obviously. But uh, uh, when we look at the, the pool database on the turn when they raise, uh, when uh, overall, this is a pretty strong range that that is raising, very very strong, and it's not balanced properly, and it's more uh, toward value heavy. So on these type of boards when there is strong hands possible uh, it's it's all I mean we probably calls with top two there and fold even top pair top kicker probably on the turn which is reasonable obviously but uh, yeah so when they raise us on the turn uh, it's uh, it's a very strong range so okay so you're folding you're telling me you might even be folding over pairs to once you bet the turn and I'm getting raised, yeah, for sure. On the board where a straight is possible, for example, probably, yeah, yeah. This is part of the strategy, in fact. Okay. And I, the so thing, getting, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Overall, I would say that the strategy is geared around, um, and it's nothing new. I mean, you won't like fall, uh, fall uh, on the on the floor. But um, when we have position, we want to use it at its max so we want to control the pot we want to realize our equity we want to build the pot when we have very good potential and um and out of position we are more conservative uh, so we are tend to pull a bit more and but but the the, the, um, 
the principle is still the same. I mean, in terms of pot growth, uh, the, when we have good potential, we obviously raise and bet. And when we don't, but still has some equity, good equity, we are more tend to control the pot. And, uh, but it's nothing new. I mean, you, you, you expect that, right? Hey, hang on, let me get off the floor first. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's go back to the flop and just review one thing because you, you did seem a little concerned with it. You, you bet and you now you face this very small imposition raise, which seems to me okay uh, for the reason that he does have a nut advantage and that you have a lot of hands that would otherwise give up. But you decide not to check raise. And that's something that's very useful in fighting players who will take advantage of their own range advantage. In other words, when it's 10, 6, 7, even without blockers to the, to the nuts, you may find check raising to be useful, but you don't. Could you explain why? Uh, it's, it has to do probably with the fact that I didn't want to, I, I felt that I had a good end and I didn't want to pull yet, didn't want to build the pot yet or at least land on the turn with uh let's say i, I check raise there he bets like five and then i make it i don't know like uh maybe uh 15 something like that 15 17 uh then the pot will be 50 56 instead of 30 that's almost a double um so it's probably just because we were deeper i guess uh, if we had only 100 big blind, I think I would have check raise maybe there. This is probably why I didn't check raise the flop. But in, in retrospect, his bet is small. It's very small. And because of that, I should have probably check raised there. Because I, I need to, to protect against some potential, potential hands that will bet small. Let's say like pocket nines or pocket eights. That would that could float bet small on that flop, for example. And if a jack fall on the turn, uh, I won't feel very comf comfortable, obviously, with uh, with pocket queens. So yeah, if he had bit, bit bigger, I think there's less a case of raising. But with that small bet, the the their the check raise is probably better, I think, on the flop. It's certainly possible. The thing is, your strong hands, whether you're deep or not, and queens can take quite a beating, they, they want to get more money into the pot in general. Now, I'm sure that a very sophisticated strategy would protect this small bet. But since the whole academy is based on kind of um, exploiting the pool, I would want to read into this bet just a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. It's, it's sure that if I see bet the flop, it makes the thing, it, it makes the end uh, less complicated, probably. Uh, and, and I... I, I uh, well, betting always makes it less complicated. <laughs> but, you know, your, your, your check is, uh, is good, uh, but it's going against the academy, which is yeah, the interesting the thing going on. And it's interesting. It's interesting to see these. We're, we're seeing in real time here on the Poker Zoo a coaching for profits strategy, a pool, player pool, a sensitive, you know, an updated one going, you know, in action. And uh, this, well, is, this is, this is good. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah but, well, in, in like the uh, Adam Jones gives us some ranges uh, at, at the start of the Academy, uh, very uh, a, a wide spectrum of ranges for different formation and, uh, 
And uh, um, I can't, I will say this, I, I, I follow it, but I tweaked it a bit in my way, uh, which, uh, because I felt more comfortable doing the things uh, like my way, if you want. Because normally on the small blind, when the, the middle position raise, we probably has some calls with pocket six and, and pocket sevens, and we don't tribet them. And, uh, and and like I said earlier, like on this flop, I felt that I was uh, I was at a bit of a disadvantage, and this is why I checked. But but I like I said, I posted it on the forum, and they just uh, tapped me on the on the on the fingers and said, uh, "Why did didn't you see that the flop?" Yeah, and and and. It has to do with the work I did with the solvers also that is ingrained in me, I guess, because uh, you will see some, a lot of checks, I guess, on this, uh, on this board. What is, what is more annoying than poker players and their C-betting preferences? Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. You should do this. You should yeah. do that. Anyway, you didn't. Uh, the hand happens, and then you you hit this, this whole hand really changes because you hit one of the most unlikely cards in the deck. Yeah, uh, which yeah. doesn't improve any straight, and now you have very close to the nuts with top set. Yeah, and this I don't is think. What, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. You 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 go ahead. I I can interrupt you anytime. Go ahead. All right. Well, yeah. So obviously, when the the, the queen falls, I'm I'm pretty happy because now. Uh, every sets that he has, uh, and I, I don't expect him to have pocket queens. Uh, anyway, he can't have pocket queens there. So, um, and and I I don't think. Well, I I know that I can extract value with the, uh, on the turn for sure. So, this is why mainly I decided. Well, to wait a minute. Why can't I mean you have two queens, so you he can't have three queens. But why in theory can't he have two queens here? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Why, in theory, he can't have it? Yeah. Why can't he call in position against your three bet with queens and show up with queens on the turn? Oh, yeah, of course he could, in theory. If we, if we, if we, uh, if we, th we talk about range versus range, for sure. Uh, but, but since I hold two queens, I mean, he, can, he can't have it uh, on the turn. That's what I'm... I'm Right, so I'm saying when when you check on this board, is this yeah. just a natural check? You think? Uh, on the turn, you on mean? the turn. Do you think yeah. you should? Yeah, you think you should. Do you think, in other words, that you should just always check this turn? Um, mm, that's a good question. May, well, you know, if I hold, let's say, for example, I hold uh, pocket kings. Uh, he could have a queen, for example, in position. He could have called the three bet with it. So it's another way to get more money into the pot with the better hand there. But uh, obviously, um, when you and when you hold, uh, for example, pocket kings, uh, there's more chance he can have something like uh, a queen or his jack. Um, well, I think. I mean, if he if he's going to bet. This make this tiny bet on the flop with a range advantage, and he has ace queen. I mean, he really should be. He really should show up with ace queen here sometimes. Yeah, I mean, he's got if on ten six seven. He's not going to win this pot versus ace king unless he no absolutely he so takes yeah. advantage of the board. Yeah, so now he can value bet. Uh, okay, I just wanted to 
stab at that a little bit. But you check, which I think is, you know, pretty solid. And now he bets uh, two thirds of the pot. Yep. He's gotten out of this small bet area, which is natural. He should be putting more money into the pot, especially when he bets smaller. If anything, he should be betting bigger here. And I guess this is where the hand um, I wanted to question you on. You raise fairly small. Uh, you know, you just 3X it and give him, you know, about 40 to call 100. Uh, fairly good odds here. <clears throat> and you leave yourself more than a pot size bet on the end. Is is this sizing normal? Is it the academy sizing? What do you think of your your turn play here? Well, I could have, I could have made, made it a bit bigger, I think, uh, because um there's a, a few ends that that beat me i mean i said like nine nine eights but it's probably four hands there and he has like nine sets there so uh obviously i could have made make it a bit bigger uh just to have at least a put size put size but or a bit less on the river um but so uh, i didn't i think it's a mistake also because obviously i'm like you said i'm close to the nuts there for sure uh, and it's probably the effective nuts over there. Uh, so, yeah, I could have make it a bit bigger and then on the river, um, just shove under the pot size bet. Yeah, I think that strikes probably. me as a very key point of this hand is the turn sizing and not setting up the jam. And yeah, but you don't jam and you and you regret it. I don't. I don't feel bad about your river bet so much. Yeah, but you know, I'm clicking button. I'm playing like five tables. So at some point, uh, <laughs> I just I just monkey my way on the river, you know. So it's probably in, in the when when those those type of ends happen when I play online, and and I know I'm deeper, uh, which happens a lot on fast table because um, you can always just quit and, and rejoin, and it, it will uh, give you your 100 big blind stack back. But I I it's, it's not uh, I, I don't like to do this so. Um, yeah, so when these type of hands happen, you, you just take a, a part of a bigger part of your attention, and and I had probably other ends going on, and so I just decided to go with my shortcuts and just three exit. But if I, I was, I believe like, you. I believe yeah. you. Yeah. I I you know I'm teach I'm in the middle. I'm in the fourth week. I'm teaching a bet sizing class. And okay. You know, how, how can you possibly do all these great bet sizing things when you're playing five tables? I don't even, I can't even do two. So don't, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just talking about it. Well, the thing is, I, I think when you play online and you, you, you do a lot of repetitive things, it just becomes natural. Uh, like you see a board and you feel it, you know, you know, okay, uh, I could bet you picture, I'm a very visual guy. So uh, I, I kind of see the, the ranges in, in my head, if you want the pictures, that this good old hand matrix. And I instantly feel like, am I, am I at disadvantage, advantage and stuff? And, and, and you just have some shortcuts like disadvantage, bet that size, or uh, or if you, you have nuts advantage, bet bigger or stuff like that. So it's just... Well, you know, you're just such a you're such a studied player. Um, I've learned things from you, from your work. I, lo I used to love that Excel sheet that you created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of that course. was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, here you are uh, clicking the 3x button. And that's just a, a feature of playing online. I understand. Well, don't, I'm not yeah. berating you in the least. No, but, but you're right. I mean, it makes more sense to make it a bit bigger. 
Uh, I, I got probably the, the best end a lot of the time there. We are, there's still a lot of big blinds to put in the pot and I should have uh, played uh, the correct way and I didn't. And that's why I posted the, the end because I, I thought I, I messed up uh, on some, some streets. Okay, well in any case, MP is in position. Those five fours, um, any two pairs, and certainly any pairs that are, are continuing, I don't know what they would be at this point, versus this check raise, which is going to threaten an all-in. He should probably be folding. Um, he's not going to have any ace-queens because you block them, even though he should have ace-queen, right? He should bet small mm -hmm. to capitalize on the pot, uh, and now he can bet for value at this size. You know, he, he needs to get money in, too. Everyone's betting a little smaller than they could. Anyway, my point is, Gets two and a half to one. He calls, and now there's more than a pot size bet on the river. Uh, the three, which is not a blank, exactly, not exactly a blank, rolls off, and you click the half pot button, I guess. Yeah, and, and in retrospect, uh, when I, I looked at the end after, and I said to myself, well, would you call if he, he goes, if he shove on you? And the answer is pretty much yes. So in that case, I think that it even gives a great greater incentives to just probably shove myself in that spot because, I mean, why bet half? I don't know if I can bet full there. I mean, it would be probably criminal to do this. So, uh, I mean, I should have. You you have the best hand most of the time, right? He has eight combinations of hands that beat you, maybe. Yeah. You know, we're, yeah. we're postulating that he has probably a bit less. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. And he has uh, nine sets that make sense and maybe some other stuff like six, seven. Um, yeah. So we definitely have more hands that we beat. So that's not really the big picture, but the, the picture on the sizing on the end, now that I look at it, you know, I say you bet half pot, but you actually, you bet a little bit more than half. Pot. Yeah. A bit, a bit more. It's probably like, like 55% probably. Let me do the yeah, math. And, and what I would yeah. point out is that this is, again, you know, if you have time to play well, this bet sizing is probably going to be one of your weakest options. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. It takes away, it handcuffs him completely. It's a beautiful size for maybe some other parts of your range, but he can't bluff you now. He can't raise. Yeah. And he can only he can only raise with very nutted hands, and yet you're going to pay him off anyway because of the price you're laying yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you had actually bet half pot, or if you had taken the time to bet less, or if you had moved in, I think these leave him options or give you more EV for your nut hands. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh it's a, it, it make, makes a lot of sense because like you said, there's there's some stuff that we'll call their uh, shove that we'll call the shove. So and, and we didn't mention that he could also have queen ten, for example, on the turn. He could have uh, a small bet the queen ten on the flop, spike the queen, the second pair, top two on the on the turn. Um, so yeah, of course, like you said, if 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 I'm getting shoved on, uh, I can't fold, and he's probably shoving with the very nuts. So a small bet or shove, I guess, would have been a lot better, of course. But well, like I said, when I reviewed it. It's about the stacks. 
Yeah, it's about the stacks. Bet sizing often comes down to the stacks. And can he have a bluffing range at this sizing? It's like a crazy bluffing range, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. it's not a normal one. So if you have a blocking bet range for thin value protected by some nut hands, um, especially like if you could somehow five four have five four here, it would be a great small bet. Uh, he can raise his sets for value, and now you get the max value. But he just can't do anything when you give him this price. He's com- he can't have a raising range for the most part, and now everything that he has that would have paid off a larger bet just calls. Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to. Uh, yeah. Now, what did the academy guys say about your river play? Well, well, as played, uh, as played, I think Adam Jones said it was okay, but he would have, like I said earlier, he would have Seabet the flop. And um, in fact, I, I could just load the the uh, the answer he gave me. Uh, if you give me uh, two seconds, so uh, he said that turn I should lead, given that villain under bet the flop, and. Uh-huh. And turn check raise and reverse sizing are fine. So he would have probably, uh, uh, yeah, lead the turn, in fact. See that alpha bot. So what, that's one of the reasons I brought up the turn is because we can expect him to check back a lot. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's very mechanical because he still has kind of a, an overall range advantage. Yes, three queens come in. Yes, your bizarre queen tens come in. And yes, you can still have pocket tens. Uh, but I, I see why he said that. Uh, and what did he say about the river? I said turn check raise and river sizing are fine, in fact. But I, 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 pref- I prefer the uh, I prefer your explanation when you where where you said that um in coughing him, in fact, which makes a lot of sense at this size. Um, yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to me fair enough it makes, makes sense to me that, that's all i care about right yeah <laughs> um do, do, do you uh have the results what happens of course i have it and uh, i will let you uh let you guess uh, i didn't expect it right. uh, I, I think it's one of the uh, syndrome of uh, the blockers and stuff that you'll see at lower stakes if i remember correctly he had 10-8 of uh, diamond. So why did he call the check raise on turn? Because probably he felt he had a possible uh, gut shot that, that worth check raise, which is bad, obviously, I, uh, I guess, when I check raise him. And uh, maybe he thought that, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why he called the turn and the bet on the river. Maybe I'm, 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 they see me as a, a very aggressive spewy guy. Probably, I don't know. But he had 10-8 of yeah i can't make much sense of that you know it's it's (laughs) it's one of the things about this it's one of the things about this is that they always have hands we're not expecting yeah but when you count down your value to bluff combinations and all that it's never right there's always some weird stuff in there yeah of course you know like he has 10-3 and he, he binked the river for a weird two pair i mean don't put that past them (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously I was very surprised when uh, when I saw his end, but I was uh yeah. I was happy. Well, you uh, got the max then. If you, yeah. <laughs> if you know he has a 10, you can't shove. So I mean you yeah. you you, you, yeah. you did well. Don't listen to me. 
if we are very result oriented, of course. <laughs> You're there for results. Come on, don't. don't yeah, lie. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, Francois, it's been great talking to you. And you know, I kind of let the interview Thanks. introduce people. But if you've been listen, if you've been listening, uh, Francois has a lot of things out there for you to check out, uh, including those videos, videos of his streams. Um, if you go to Redshift, you can dig out his various um, posts. I don't even know. One of the things about him is he he goes by all these different names, including the one Adam Wheeler, which if you're up on weird trivial uh, crimes, he will, will uh, <laughs> tell you something. Uh, I'm not sure why he insists on dodging his identity everywhere, but he does. And uh, but you'll, but my point is, you can find stuff by him. You can find it in TBR, and uh, you can get in touch with him. I'm sure you can you can figure out how to do that if you want to. To uh, so any anything else for the the public that you'd like to uh, get off the get off your chest? Not that. That's something that comes to my mind right now. I'm sure if I, 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 uh, I think about it, it will come, but, but for now, no. But uh, uh, all I can say is that I'm very glad to be, uh, to be on the podcast, uh, Chris. And uh, uh, I want to thank you, in fact, uh, for many, many things. Um, first, uh, TBR, uh, The Backroom, which is a great place to, to discuss, po discuss poker. And I remember at the, at the start, uh, when you, you, you were starting this and building uh, the site, uh, you asked us to join. And uh, I'm really thankful for that. Uh, you helped me a lot also on Skype uh, with the chat we had. So um, these are the things that comes to mind right now. I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, maybe I wouldn't play poker right now if I didn't met you. And this is a, a big thing because you, uh, you opened up a, a whole new, uh, strategy spectrum for me and uh, it kept me going so uh, i want i want to thank you for that well i guess i have a lot of guilt then okay <laughs> thank you thank um you. you you've been great and i'm going to uh hand it off to d now we will see you all in a week or two all right thank you see you later and thank you also for tuning in once again to the poker zoo you can find us at persuadio.nl or thepokerzoo.com links back to each of the episodes on the main website. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. The zoo hotline is 410-775-6224 or record an audio file and send it to thepokerzoo at gmail.com or persuadio at gmail.com. If you like the show, tell your poker friends about us. It's always fun to get to the poker room and have someone come up and say, hey, you just found the podcast, really enjoy it. Every now and then, someone says, that's eh, not for me. But, hey, you never know until you try. It's the Christmas season. Lots of extra cash flowing around this month. So get out there to the tables and have a profitable December. On behalf of Persuadio and myself, thanks for tuning in again. And we'll see you next time. It's a poker zoo.